0: Hello and welcome back to the Pocket Network Podcasts, a podcast for real estate professionals like you to innovate your world. I'm your host, Margarita Petrosian, and each week I have guests with me from the industry that will talk about common challenges, just tips for daily work life, and so much more. This week, I have Lillian Asaturi As- here with me. Welcome, Lillian. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. How was your day been so far? Busy? Good, thank you. Yes, it's been a busy day. Yeah, I've been watching you on Instagram, and you're always in a different city, like multiple times a day. I love it.
1: <laughs> thank you. How's that with these gas prices, though? Awful. The yeah. gas prices are definitely not helping us at all. Yeah. Okay, so let's, uh, let's talk about uh, where you work. Sure. So um, I work at the Art and Real Estate, and I've been there now for about six and a half months.
0: Oh, wow, six and a half months. Yes. So you were licensed just last year. Correct. Wow. Okay. In my uh, when I was doing my research, I thought you had been a real estate agent for a year. So I'm even more impressed. Well, thank now. you. <laughs> I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, I'm very impressed. Even when I thought it was a year, it was still very impressive. You're doing so. Uh, you're doing so well that I thought that initially that must have been a longer career. But as I swiped through Instagram, I saw that you had been posting recently. Yes. Thank yeah. you so much for the compliment. So congratulations I on that. It. Thank you. Okay, let's talk about your background. Uh, What can you
1: share with us? Sure. So um, I came here in the 80s with my family. We immigrated from a different country, and I was very young when I initially came here to the States. Of course, we came here like many other families to have a better life. And I remember growing up here, we never had proper housing. We lived with family when we were younger for a long period of time. Then after that, we moved into an apartment, and we were at the same apartment for 24 long years. Wow. And um, I remember my mom would walk us to elementary school, and as she was walking me to elementary school, every chance I had to look at every little open curtain, or if a door was propped open, I remember looking in, and I was intrigued. You know, I always thought, well, if I lived here, I could have a dog, or I wonder where they have their coffee, or where the girl reads her book, and... I just found that I was fascinated with real estate at such an early age. It wasn't so much the monetary aspect of it, it was more the lifestyle. And what did these people have that they were able to achieve this kind of living? Um, Another example is, for example, um, during Halloween you know where most kids are wondering how much candy they have in their bucket you're going for the real estate <laughs> i'm looking behind to see who's in the house I and what it looks like so i think that fascination kind of grew from there then i went through the school system here i got my master's in business administration and I worked for public administration for 16 years. Wow! Congratulations. Thank you. That's that's a big deal. I it know is. that some people
0: may glamorize that work, um, and by glamorize, I just mean like it's so easy working for the government and so many benefits. But from everyone I've spoken to, it is difficult, and especially with the changes with the economy, that's where it, that those are the people that get hit first.
1: Yes, definitely. Um, luckily, I work for a different organization that is. Their first responders, so it's a little bit safer on that end. However, I've been there for 16 years, and when you're 20 years old, it's definitely glamorous. You know, you go into work, you have benefits, you're off on the weekends. So it was something that at the time served a wonderful purpose in my life. And as I grew up and I grew with the organization, I realized that I can't, um, I don't fit anymore. You know, it just became very stagnant. Um, and I started excelling. Um, I'm at the point where I started to manage uh, a big group of people. And I just felt like there was no room to grow. You always waited for the 1st, the 15th. Whether you pro- uh, processed one form or 15 of them that day, you still had to wait for the 1st and the 15th. Yeah. So if you can picture like Google Earth, right? I would always picture myself as, this is Google Earth, and here I am. In Monterey Park... On the seventh floor two lefts one right from the elevator in a cubicle hiding and i have so much potential i have i naturally have a lot of energy yeah so that was something that i felt i was stagnant and i was getting bored um after a while when i established myself i started to kind of dabble in things a little bit when we first I, i bought my first home we had housekeepers And I remember I was contacted by, you know, so many aunts and then cousins and then friends for housekeepers. And I started to organize these housekeepers accordingly. I made their schedule and I started to network. And I realized, wait a minute, I could do something else. And it's what I built. Yeah. And I think that was my first kind of entrepreneur, you know, ship that I
0: had. You realized that you can actually do it. And I liked it. It's not just that you want it, but you actually have
1: the ability. Yes. Yes. And so that's where my passion, I kind of decided to, okay, well, what do I do with my energy? What do I do with my time? And um, I've been friends, really good friends with my broker for a number of years. And he's helped our family throughout the years as well. Um, So I called him and I sat in his office and that's when I decided. I love it. And this
0: was was 2021, correct?
1: This was actually right before the pandemic. Um, Okay. I was seeking to get my license before my test date was actually right before COVID and it was canceled. Unfortunately. Ugh. Yes. Imagine how
0: much you could have done in the past uh, two years, three years.
1: I know, but um, I think I'm a big believer that everything happens for a reason and timing is everything. Yeah. And I think it was supposed to happen how it happened. And yeah, I'm happy sure. it happened how it happened. So you got your real estate license and uh, you just
0: immediately jumped in. Yes. So
1: it's funny you asked that. I got my uh, real estate license and I don't think the ink was dry on my license. I went into the office and I'm setting up my laptop. I can't even, I don't have access to the printer yet. I get a phone call and it's a buyer and he's wow. pre approved and he calls me and tells me, I'm looking for a house. Uh, and I said, okay. And he said, well, I'm looking for a house in Palmdale. I said, I'm on it. And so that was my first deal right out the gate. That's amazing. Yeah. And
0: this was with no advertising whatsoever. Nothing.
1: <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah. I
0: love it. And had you posted on social media yet that you were in real estate? I believe I had one post okay. that
1: um, a friend took of me in front of the door. Yeah. So I, it couldn't. you can't really say that it was from social media. No, but I can say that I don't know what you believe, but I believe in God and I believe in the universe and I think things happen for a reason. I almost felt like that was an angel. You know, it was someone to come here to show me right off the bat that I can do this. And it kind of lit a fire in me from the get-go. And that's what kind of catapulted my career.
0: Yeah, that's very motivating.
1: Yes, definitely I, I is. Love it. Yeah, because I've also
0: spoken to people where um, it's the opposite, where they've been in the office for months and uh, they don't have a sale to show just yet. And uh, these people that I talk to, it, it is their full-time job. So just seeing both the differences, um, I, I love it. That This definitely is, I think, God guiding you and showing you what, that you've chosen the right path.
1: Yes, I think that definitely gave me the confidence that I needed to go forward.
0: Yeah. So your first house, uh, Palmdale, you said? Palmdale. Which is two hours from here? It sure So is. you're not very local
1: <laughs> immediately. Immediately you went pretty far. I did. Um, I remember I probably slept standing that night. Oh my God. I had no idea what Palmdale was like. Yeah. I had no idea what Palmdale was. And this person was very specific Um, he wanted to live in a certain area. It was called Quartz Hill. And I have no idea where that is. So I immediately got on the internet, of course, I researched, I contacted the the Palmdale Sheriff Station to ask about the crime rate, because that's one of his questions that he had. Um, What I did do is I called other agents who were listing in Palmdale as a buyer. And I asked them to know a little bit about that particular area, yeah, so they kind of guided me, and um, I pretended like I was a buyer and I got that information. Come the weekend, I was in Palmdale. love it. so <laughs> how many times did you have to go back and forth before the sale? Um, we went back twice okay, and I opened escrow probably after the second week that's amazing
0: yeah that's I, I love this story that's such a huge accomplishment. I wish that we had all the stories were like this <laughs> instead of people that. Obviously, it's realistic for people that didn't make a sale for a couple months, but um, I've just met so many great people, and I wish we heard only success stories. Yeah. But then if that was the case, then the competition definitely would be a lot higher, and it would basically be impossible. So I totally get how we need this competition. We need uh, this delay for some people just so that there could be a balance in things.
1: Yes, I was definitely fortunate, and again... I don't know how this person found me. So if you're watching, that you were my first deal. Yeah. Um, I don't know how he found me, but I'm sure happy he did. Because yes, that, and before that deal,
0: um, had you sat through a, a deal with maybe the broker you were working for? Or was it just the first time you were seeing all of the steps in the purchasing process?
1: I didn't know how to open a door. Um, we have these things called Supras, and they are a lot of these uh, electronic lock boxes okay. controlled via Bluetooth. And I didn't know how to open it. When I got there, and I remember FaceTiming my broker and asking him, how do you open this door? So yeah, of course there's a learning curve. And um, I on, I think in this industry, you have to feel it on your skin. Um, so many people can guide you and they can tell you, but unless you're doing it yourself, you're not going to get that feeling on onto your bones. So then that's how you learn, you know? Yeah. And I was happy that later on in hindsight, I'm happy I kind of dove into that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, just thinking of it as someone who has not ever sold a house, um, if you told me how to open the door or the contracts, whatever it is, you taught me everything. I could memorize it all, but when the day comes, it's completely different to do it yourself.
1: You definitely. It's like driving a car. Yes.
0: It's completely different when you try it for yourself.
1: Yes. In this industry, lessons are learned when you feel them on your skin.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so other than Palmdale, is there anything else where you've had a deal that's uh, pretty far from where you're generally located?
1: So I sure have. Um, I have had, after that, I had a listing in Bell Canyon, and I wasn't familiar with that area as much as I should be. I knew about it, but of course, when you're listing a property, you need to know the school district, you know, what fire department, what police department, all their local law enforcement. Um, There's a lot that goes into it. And um, I had to do the same thing. I had to research in order to give my client the optimal amount of um, exposure for the property. And I love that
0: you said you called the sheriff's sheriff's department directly. I did. I love that because if it was for me, (laughs) if someone had asked me, I would have just Googled like um, Palmdale (laughs) safety and then looked at how it's ranked. But I'm sure that's definitely not as accurate as what the sheriff's department can tell you. Yes.
1: Yeah, so and I love that. Thank you. And all that information is available online.
0: Yeah. But I did. Yeah, but it. you did the extra work. I did. Yeah, so that's why I think your clients are seeing this reflected. Thank and uh, that's why you've been so successful in just six short months. Thank you. Okay, so uh, we talked about your first deal, and then uh, you said that you probably, well, you can't attribute that to social media. What types of marketing do you use?
1: So one thing is that in our industry, um especially for newer agents, obviously marketing is key, right? What our main focus is, is to generate leads. Mm -hmm. That's how we make a living, is generating leads. And once you generate these leads, then you have a steady pipeline of incoming clientele, and that's where you can build yourself. As far as marketing goes, we have so much overhead expense. Um, We have associations that we're a part of. We have different um, things that we have to contribute to. So marketing, ideally for a brand new agent, might be a little bit difficult from the get-go. So I always turn to social media. Social media, yeah. You know, um, prior to doing real estate, of course, we have social media to keep in touch with family and friends. But there's so much of your life that's limited on social media. You only portray what you want to, and it's not as often as you do. So being in this business, um, I started to rely on social media. And I didn't realize how effective it was. Yeah. Um, I actually sold a house on Instagram. It wow. was an off-market, and I had posted it on my stories. And um, I got a hit. It was a buyer, and he was interested and I'm nowhere to be found. I'm not, I'm not in the area. So I sent a colleague of mine to assist the buyer, and they did. And everyone always asks me, what's one of your favorite stories? And my favorite story is I met my buyer after I opened escrow. And I did it on Instagram. I love it. Yeah. And I have a lot of uh, people who are following me, a lot of my clients, um, who I've obtained through Instagram as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I found you on Instagram too, actually. Yes, yes. So definitely is
0: something big because you've only been an agent for six months, but you've established a a following and most importantly, uh, an active following. So it's not just people that follow you and forget about it or they follow you with an extra account. It's people that are following you with their general account and they're actually interacting. So even with uh, just... The questions that you post, questions that you wanted to ask on the podcast, I was gonna, I was going to do the same thing on our Instagram, and then I saw you did it, and I was like, perfect. Her her followers asked a bunch of questions that uh-huh. I'm able to add and ask
1: during the podcast. So that I love it. Yes, uh, this platform is absolutely wonderful. I've met so many, so many fantastic people. Um, they're so resourceful. You yeah. know, as much as I contribute to them, they in fact contribute to me. And It's just a wonderful platform. Uh, you do have to be careful with it, of course, um, but it definitely has pros when it comes to marketing and yeah. when it comes to conducting your business on social media. Yeah, It's funny when you say you have to be careful with it. Typically, you don't really think
0: much of Instagram, but um, as soon as I started with uh, working with the Pocket Network, uh, I made my Instagram public. And then I immediately, all of my nephews, nieces, pictures, whatever I had posted, I archived everything or completely deleted it. Uh, but then recently, I had some photos with my best friend and my sister. Someone uh, stole my name. They blocked me. And then they created a fake account with my sister's photos. Okay. And they were requesting all of my friends. And then a second time, someone again, they, they replicated my account, this time with my photos. I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> like I never realized how... Uh, how Sensitive information can be on Instagram. I I never saw that until it happened to me.
1: Yes, definitely. If I am not doing an open house, I try not to post in real time for that very reason.
0: Yeah, of course. And obviously, it could also be dangerous. So we have to talk, we we take that into consideration. But with
1: the job, you you have to use Instagram. It's definitely one of the um, prominent marketing tools that I have. Yeah. Um, And it's brought me a lot of meaningful relationships and connections with people. Uh, the only other marketing strategy that I just recently started doing is sending out mailers. And, of course, for new newer agents, you know, it takes a while to have some kind of backup in order to send out these mailers because yeah. it's very expensive. Yeah, printing. Yes. Just the editing yes. <laughs> to hire someone for that.
0: Yes. Okay, and do you have you found that that's
1: successful or is that something you've just done? Um, I just recently started doing that. Okay. I right. haven't found... Much success from it, to be honest. Okay. Um, again, primarily, I've had now eight clients just from Instagram alone, Wow. and none from sending out flyers. Okay, and that could also be just just because you you've barely done that. I just yeah. started. So in marketing, there's this um, notion that someone needs to see your face at least eight times until you're recognized. So you know, we talked a little bit about the local market and you need to hit the same it's called farming, you know, you need to hit the same location consistently. Yeah. Of course I haven't had the opportunity to do that just yet. Of course, yeah.
0: And you've literally been only doing this for
1: six months, so it would be
0: impossible to have to ask that much of you. But you've done so well even without that. Thank you. Okay, so uh so marketing, you focus on social media and now you're trying out the mailers. Is there anything else that you've already tried? No. Okay. And uh, does your firm, I've never asked this question to anyone, but does the firm do, do marketing for you as well or no?
1: Our brokerage doesn't. Okay. Um, certain brokerages do. Uh, yeah. I believe that there's a fee associated with them if they do. Yeah, of course. But for us, we, we don't. Okay, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, so, um, and then for uh, the marketing, let's just say there's something where you don't see it working right away or whatever the reason it may be. Do you ever find yourself feeling down? And if the answer is yes, how do you deal with that?
1: That's a great question, of course I feel down I'm human you know um, I don't feel down when it comes to marketing, okay. but um, I will tell you what I feel down about I'm generally very positive uh, I'm always very upbeat because it's just I have so much energy yeah. that naturally I'm upbeat so what happens is the reason I feel down when it, as it relates to real estate is you build these relationships with your clients you have the initial contact and you meet them you know. Our business is a little bit sensitive. When someone's buying or selling, there's a reason. Either they're a first-time homeowner and they're very nervous, so they ask a lot of questions and you have to walk them through the process and hold their hand. Then you have others who are investors or who are just buying land and they're a lot more well-versed in the market, so they don't have to be catered to as specifically. But you build these relationships with them, you know, and then you open escrow. And all of a sudden, you know, you call them to let them know you open escrow. Then you have to go through the inspection process. Then everything checks out. Then you go through the appraisal. So you have to call them and say, hey, we appraised. So there's a lot of highs in this industry. And you build this relationship with them over a period of time. So by the time it gets to the point where we're closing, you know, we get the clear to close from the lenders and we're ready to close. You've already established a relationship. You've now be mindful this takes a while right until yeah. yeah you have the initial contact until the end of the process so toward the end when you're done and you deliver the keys and everyone's there and everyone's thanking you and then you leave and that's when i feel down so uh why do you feel down from that because it's over Oh, okay. So So you just love doing your job so much. Okay. (laughs) Because it's over, you know, because tomorrow morning when I call, you're not going to have the buyer. When I wake up, you're not going to have the buyer calling you, you know, at at their lunch hour, asking you what the next steps are. And you kind of, not that you, I keep in touch with all my clients. Yeah. But but it's not a
0: daily process. Yeah. You
1: go all the way, you take them to that high. Yeah. And then you leave. And as you're driving home you have a sense of accomplishment, you know, I did that. Yeah.
0: You know, that's, it's so, I love that you, you said that that's a down because in my mind, the way I would have thought of it is, um, you've made a successful transaction and you're literally waiting for that day where you can finally breathe. Like it worked out, they're good, but then there's someone who's so dedicated to their clients. I think that's what it shows that you actually love your clients. You get to know them and you want the best for them. And then it feels like you're leaving a friend, where yes. it's your best friend, you used to talk to them every single day,
1: and now all of a sudden it's restricted. You can't just call them every single day and bother yes. them at work. <laughs> and initially I would, you know, I'd call them and see how they're doing and if they bought furniture. Um, so, yes, that's definitely how it feels. Of course, some people you're happy to... I haven't had too many like that, but some yeah. people are like, okay, we're done. Um, but for the most part, no. Because that relationship is just from that high, from the day the keys are delivered... It just drops.
0: So the way you deal with that, get a new client and get that high all (laughs) over again. Keep it moving, yeah. Yeah, I love it. It should be like that. You should love your job so much that you should continue wanting to do the same thing over and over again. So clearly you're in the right field. Thank you. Okay, so um, how did you let your family and friends know that you're in real estate?
1: That's the question I had for you. Is there like an announcement you made? Were they already following you on Instagram? So when you first get when you first obtain your real estate license, what they teach you in these training videos and, you know, benign training videos that you get is call every single person in your contact list. Well, that's a little outdated because we don't call anymore. Right. So let's just push that forward to texting, call and text and let everyone know that you're now doing real estate. I'll let my mother and my grandmother do that for me, okay. you know, but as far as contacting people, there's always social media. Mm-hmm. Um, 9 out of 10 of your transactions are not going to be with family members. They're going to be with complete strangers. Um, And that is very important to keep in mind. Also, just as important as a client is, a good friend is also just as important. So you have to learn in our business, because it's a 24-hour business. You know, I get phone calls at all hours of the day. You have to learn to compartmentalize your friends, your personal life, and your clients. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know if any friends or family have a question, and they do, um, and they want to inquire about something, you're always open and available to them. But for me to reach out to them and let them know what I'm doing, they will hear about it eventually. And if they need me, they know where to find me. Yeah, of
0: course. And um, as you say that you're available at all hours of the day, I totally see how... (laughs) it's not that they'll take advantage of it but it'll feel that way if you're doing work with family and friends all the time they will literally call you at any hour of the day because they feel more comfortable doing that than a stranger who doesn't know what time you sleep maybe they won't text you or call you past 10 p.m or midnight whatever it is but if it's your cousin she might wake you up at 3 a.m <laughs> sadly, she's freaking out
1: sadly i'll probably answer the call yeah. oh my god <laughs>
0: Yeah, I've heard that from a lot of successful agents. So I, I,
1: I don't understand it myself, but good for you guys. Yeah, you, you don't have that. There's no, you know. And I think over the years I will establish those boundaries. Mm-hmm. But right now, I'm actually just as excited as they are. You know, yeah. when we appraise, I'll probably call them at 10 p.m. and let them know. You know. Yeah. So for now, that's that's how it's been going. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, also just. Your friends and family, once they
0: do find out, they'll definitely tell other people, and they'll get the cycle going, and your mentor will do the same.
1: Um, did you have a mentor when you started? So our brokerage has a mentor program, okay. and when I initially started, um, how it works is your first two transactions, you're guided by a mentor. Okay. But we have to keep in mind, I was working full-time. So when I was working, the office was open, the brokerage was open. And when I got off of work, everyone went home to their lives and their children. And, you know, they were done for the day. Yeah. So a lot of times, uh, because of the time difference, I wasn't able to be in the office. So you get assigned two, men- um, two transactions with the mentor. Mm-hmm. Well, my first transaction came within a month. So, boom, that's done. Then your second, my t- second transaction came the following month. So within two months, I was done with my mentorship program. And of course, the mentor has their own clients, and they yeah. have things that they have to do, so they can't. It they can't walk you through it, especially when I'm not there physically.
0: Of course, yeah, that makes it difficult.
1: Yes. So after your two transactions, you're done with the mentorship program, um, but I do have to say, working for the art and real estate, my broker is available to me at any hour. And he has been at all hours of the day. Uh, we do so many different transactions. You know, there's land. There are uh, homes with tenants in it already. So there, there do come, there does come a time where I need him, and almost immediately, you know, he responds. So I'm very grateful to have that direct access to the yeah. broker, and he does the same for all of us. Yeah. So it's
0: great to have. A broker that also
1: acts as a mentor when needed he's absolutely available to all of us and I think that is very important when new agents are looking for a brokerage yeah yeah, for sure. We've we've seen in
0: previous podcasts, we've talked to a mentor directly, and a lot of these people they literally won't make any money off you until your sales. So they are actually there to help you. It's not like they're just making money off you, whether you're successful or not. You're they're charging um, an hourly fee, and I'm sure there's people that are so busy they have to charge that way. But um, a, a lot of mentors that I've spoken to through the podcast or um, just reaching out, doing research. That's the way it's done because uh, they're actually there to educate you. They're actually there to make sure that you push your career forward. Uh, Correct.
1: Yes. And to my mentor's defense, I wasn't available. You know, I was working. Yeah, of course. um, Yeah, you can't
0: blame them for that.
1: Yes. And every brokerage is different. Um, Some of them do charge you. Some of them, for example, are brokerage. You have to pay them a fee, your first two transactions, Um, and then you move on. You said you weren't
0: doing real estate full time. That's what I wanted to focus on. Um, so, uh, how did you ma- manage
1: your time? So, I wasn't doing real estate full time. And um, I did work for, for an organization for 16 years. But I believe that, I firmly believe that your work ethics is a lot about you. Uh, during the 16 years that I was employed there, it's very important to build a rapport you know, with your superiors, with your subordinates, in order to establish yourself and be at a position where you feel confident and comfortable in your work. And that allows you to free up your time and your mind in order to focus elsewhere. Um, When your work speaks for itself, and, you know, with my organization, I've been there for 16 years, so I grew. And I came to the point where I had my own office, you know, I had my own staff, so that allowed me a little bit of time Um, to kind of shift my focus onto entrepreneurship and real estate Um, so I think that's very important is that you're comfortable where you are either you don't have a full-time job or you're comfortable and you've established yourself and you've built a reputation to where you can comfortably now ease into something else because you know where you're you're sitting it's at a place of comfort and security yeah,
0: and I think uh, that applies to real estate as well. Your work is speaking for itself with your clients. They see that you're fully invested and you're not just there for the paycheck, clearly, since that was your answer to No, the there are times when my
1: broker calls me, and it's not that we don't need money. You know, money yeah. is a tool, of course, yeah. and it's very important. Um, but there are times where, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm going, and you don't think that way. You know, if you do something with passion, and I know this sounds cliche and people say it all the time, the money won't follow.
0: Well, it sounds cliche to people who have not found their passion. But for people yes. who have, and it's, that's actually what it is, there's no other way to say it. This is true. Okay, so uh, do you have an assistant <laughs> to manage your time?
1: Or It's funny you ask that. Um, a lot of realtors now, you know, I see they have teams. Yeah. And uh, they have assistants, and they build their teams to like 15, 20 people. Um, And good for them, you know, I think everybody, every realtor has a different approach Mm -hmm. uh, regarding that. I'm not obviously at the point right now where I feel that I need an assistant. However, had the time come that I do, um, my brand is important to me. Of course. You know, every Mm -hmm. single client that I have is catered very specifically. Everyone is unique. Uh, Some of them need a lot more assistance, like I said earlier, some of them don't. So every phone call I make is made with intention. Every contact I have is made with intention. And in order to have an agent, I'm so dominant in the way that I work and I'm so assertive um, that that assistance work ethic needs to match mine. Yeah, we have to be on the same wavelength, you know, and uh, we have to be able to be in sync because essentially that assistant is an extension of me and they're acting on my behalf in my absence.
0: Yeah, and we talk about uh, corporate culture with large companies or even um, it doesn't matter, even mom and pops, doesn't matter when they have a lot of employees, they want to make sure that you would be able to work there successfully, you meet the way that generally people act over there. So I think that applies directly to you. So obviously you're not a corporation, but as a human, it's more important. It's more, you're right there, you're seeing it. For If you work for a large company, they're not micromanaging. They can't tell whether you fully represent them or not. So it's that much harder when you see the work being done. And if it's not done in the way that you expect it to be done, then that not only reflects poorly on you, but then now you're you're trying to do two things at once. The assistant is there to make your life easier, not for you to be teaching them to basically be a mini version of yourself. So yeah, I think once once you have established your brand better and people know who you are, and it doesn't matter what an assistant will do, then uh, th- that's not going to necessarily reflect poorly on you.
1: Um, this is true. Unfortunately, in our industry, the relationships that you have with your clients, become very intimate. Um, They are purchasing one of the biggest things in their life, you know, and when they call you, they intend to talk to you. Um, The other thing that I've noticed is with, you know, every story, every house has a story. Whether you're buying or selling, even if you're selling, um, there's always a story. It's either, you know, maybe a death, a divorce, some kind of financial crisis. So you have to be able to be there with the client, not only as far as the transaction is concerned, but emotionally, you know, and can we find someone who can replicate what I am able to do as far as an assistant? I don't know, you know, it's um, difficult. It is,
0: it is. And it's also difficult spending the time with someone to figure out if that's what they are. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so no assistant so far, but, um, where have you found the best uh, opportunities to network? Since you basically have to be there for everything that you do, how, I don't want to say sacrifice time because networking is so important, but how do you find the time and where?
1: Um, networking is very important. It's a critical part of our, our job. Um, however, I believe that networking has to come naturally. Um, this, in this business, you have to have the will to want to. You know, and the networking comes everywhere. It's anywhere and it's everywhere. Um, I don't advertise that I'm a realtor, you know, at the doctor's office, but there are certain times where networking is necessary in order to target something specific. For example, um I have an off market in Bel Air and uh this home is from a repeat client of mine and they are selling an off market. It's called what's I was about to give the street name away again. I'm so bad. So um, it's called Billionaire's Row. And um, on this street, it's a prominent street in Los Angeles. What's important about it is that it's one of the last homes that are able to be built at this magnitude with this kind of permits. Um, It's 20,000 square feet. Yes, it has a theater. It has a spa. So homes are not built this way anymore in Los Angeles. What the issue here is, is, well, not the issue, you're talking about networking, right? I need to look for a buyer for this particular home, Mm -hmm. and this is in Bel Air. So you have to tweak your networking in order to target an audience that would be able to purchase that home.
0: Of course. So yeah. what do it's I do? It's not just any sell, I mean, buyer
1: that can afford that home. Yes. So what do you do? You hop into networking with people that are able to purchase a home that way. So what I've been doing is I've been going to broker's opens, you know, um, trying to gear myself toward higher-end clientele, um, going to an open house that you know has a $75 million listing and trying to find buyers there or the listing agent who can bring me a buyer for this home. So when it comes to networking, you network everywhere. Yeah. Um, cause these people are in your pipeline and you never know when your path will cross. But when you have a specific thing that you need to network for, um, I believe it's essential that you target that specifically. And that's what I've been doing here with this particular property. Yeah, and marketing, targeted marketing is one of the most important aspects.
0: Definitely. Because you might have amazing material content. Now, if you're marketing to someone who can't afford it, no matter how good you are, (laughs) no matter how much they want it, you're not going to make any money off of it. Yes. So that's very smart.
1: Yes. So during networking, I mean, you always network, but there are times where it's necessary to kind of shift your audience, you know, and see who to network with or market with.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. And um, let's just say none of
1: that works out. One of
0: the questions I had for you is what motivates you? So if your networking is not working out, um, all the marketing that you're putting out there, if you are feeling down at the moment with your business,
1: what do you do? That's a great question. Um, What motivates me is my potential. I have never been in an industry before where what you do significantly impacts you. Um, so as far as what motivates me, life motivates me. And every time there's a small little accomplishment, you almost look for the next one. And every time you're able to hit that small accomplishment, you know, that's a motivating driving factor for the next. And I think that's very important. And it's something that I've never had before.
0: Yeah. And it feels like you're just focusing on the positive, And I love that because if you have that positive mindset and if you don't waste any time on the negative things, then you have that much more time to focus on, um, the next steps. What are you going to do? Not just dream of what, uh, you, you want your life to be like, but actually take action and see it in your mind. Yes. That it's going to happen.
1: Yes. You have so many of these agents, you know, um, that want to be the best and that I'm the best. I want to be the best. Well, define best. You know, we, as soon as you lose sight of what we're here to do and we're here to provide a service, you take your focus off of the client and onto you. That's when the whole game changes. And eventually that'll catch up to you. Um, so, my suggestion would be not to aim to be the best, but aim to be your best. There is an abundance for all of us, you know, an abundance of homes that need to be sold, an abundance of people that need homes to like buy. Um, There's so much for everyone. And I think you just have to find your niche and what works for you.
0: Yeah. And I think you touched on something really important because if in your mind the best is, let's say, Tom Ferry versus someone more local, who's the best in your mind, if you're trying to be them. I cannot be Tom Ferry if that's the best in my mind. No matter how hard I try right now, that's not the immediate result that I'll get. So first of all, be realistic. So what's the best for yourself? Just like you said, what is the best that I can do at the moment? And sure, once you get big enough, one day you might be even bigger than who you thought the best in the industry was at the moment. So it's very, very important to personalize yourself because in real estate, you are the brand. You're, you're representing yourself at all times. And um, again, you touched on something very important when you said that you've never had a job before uh, where what you do directly affects your business because now you're no longer working for someone else technically. You're working for yourself and everything you do has some kind of yes. side effect on the future of your career.
1: Yes. Um, and, you know, when you talk about wanting to be like a certain person and wanting to be like them... Well, you'll never be like them because you're you and you're uniquely you. Um, so I'm very big on that. I don't look at the best as the best because there's always going to be someone better. So what I try to focus on is right now, uh, we are not celebrities. We are here to provide a service. And I am hired to provide that service. Yeah. And I focus to be the best at that service. Yeah, and regardless. your clients
0: are getting the... Um, the benefit of that basically because you are focusing on what's best for them, not just you trying to make another deal, so you're higher in the ranks than your brokerage. Yes.
1: Yeah. And people and, see that. People yeah. see right through that when you're genuine. Yeah, exactly. And th- that's the
0: reason big corporations. If you notice the most similarities when they're offering a service, it's that client comes first. Why is that? Do yes. they really care? The corporate guys <laughs> who've never met any of their clients, do they care the way I like to buy my blow dryer or my, my conditioner or whatever it is? No, they don't care. It's because they know that's what works. And when you, for example, you yourself, you don't just believe that works, but you actually believe that as, uh, as your, how should I say That's how you believe people should be treated when it's something that it's not just for the money, then people see it directly and they're attracted to that, even if you weren't originally who they thought of. But once they see the way you do business and your priorities, they're attracted to that.
1: Yes, definitely. And I think you can only fake it to be someone else for so long, but after a while, you can't, you lose that momentum, you know? So I am this way with my clients, Uh, the way that I am with you and the way that I am with everyone else. So you have to establish yourself in a way where what's better than you. So just be you. And people notice that. And um, it's very important. It's very important in the long run.
0: Yeah, and realistically, once you do become the best, the number one, wherever you want to be, number one in U.S., whatever, worldwide, how do you want people to know you? Do they do you want them to know the real version of you or this fake persona that you've created? How long can you keep that up? How happy are you going to be? Now, if you can be authentically yourself and people love and respect you for that that's a
1: happy person. Yes. I don't believe there is a number one or there, you know, I want to be a number one. No, I just want to be happy. And I think that that's been my motivating and driving force behind all of this. This was supposed to be for fun. And look what happened when you're having fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. You've been giving some really great advice. Is there any piece of advice that you could give just one thing um, that you would want to give to realtors? Uh, What would it be? One piece of advice.
1: Um, to just, you know, be yourself. And I think, I think that's very important. Because again, this is your brand. And I think eventually, as you go and as you grow, you will tweak it. And it will you will cater it to whatever your needs are at the time. But it's very important to keep the big picture in, the, in your mind. That these clients come first. Yeah. They are investing a lot of money. And they're putting it in your hands. And if they're selling, they're selling for a hardship. Or some kind of big life change. You know, your home is the most essential part, if not the most essential thing in your life. That's where you lay your head. And we have that in our hands. And if you guide every single person as if that were your home, I think you'll get far. Sometimes I deliver keys and I stand outside and I cry. And they come back and get me. Oh my you know? God. And I totally lose uh, focus of what I was trying to do to begin with. Um, so if you look at every single opportunity as if it's your own, if someone were to yeah. treat your mother that way, you know, I think, I think you'll get far in this industry.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you, and I think that's such a refreshing way to talk about it, and there, obviously there are some people that won't talk about it this way, and they feel it, but it's so refreshing to see someone say that out loud and really, truly prioritize the clients and uh, feel these these highs and lows with their client. It just shows how uh, there's people out there that care about you, especially when they see a big transition in your life, and that's, that's the kind of uh, realtor that all of us want to work with. You don't just want to be the next paycheck for someone.
1: Yes. Yes, definitely. I do have to work on, uh, not being so embedded in my clients because I go through these emotional highs and lows yeah. with them. Um, but I think that'll come over time. Yeah, of course you've been in it for six months. So, uh, the, the number
0: of people that you've actually met now, I think it's really important that you have shown this emotion and connected with them because now you have them in your, um, in, in your contacts, and you, you never know what opportunities will come with these people, you've had the time to really get to know them. Now in the future, once you get busier, you might not have the time to get to know each client so well. So these relationships that you've built, that you've t- taken a lot of time on, I think you will be pleasantly surprised in the years to come, uh, the fruit that come out of this.
1: Yes, I, yes, I definitely believe that. And, you know, so many times I get invited to housewarming parties and I'm invited, I'm sitting there amongst their friends and their families. And that truly is an honor for me because I was just their realtor, but I wasn't just their realtor, realtor, you know, and and I think um, that's very important and it means a lot to me to be able to do that.
0: Yeah. I love it. I love it. So I think everyone at home can also hear just your dedication and how open and willing you are to share your successes. Cause it's only been six months and there are some people that wouldn't have even agreed to come on the podcast oh no. <laughs> because it's kind of scary in the beginning. Like you feel like you don't really know, um, enough to be able to contribute fully. So I thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. It's been a pleasure, and I can't wait to have you back in the future once you're a little more experienced and see how much more you've grown. Thank you. Because your work is already impressive and people are noticing. So continue doing exactly what you've been doing.
1: Thank you so much for your
0: kind compliments. It was a pleasure being here. Thank you. And everyone at home, as Lillian said, she is on social media. We'll (laughs) link all her social media profiles down below. So you can reach out to her if you need a house, if you want to connect, need some advice. And as always, the Pocket Network is at the Pocket Network. You can also reach out to us. Let us know what you liked, what you'd like to hear in future podcasts or recommend who you would like on the show. Thank you so much for watching. And remember, change begins at home.